Introducing the awardless winning podcast. It's the Intellectual Saviors with your hosts, the Pedo. Let me tell you about the Negroes. The Ginger Bear. Does it make you randy? Does it give you a stack of dimes down there in your naughty parts? And the Pivot Man. I've got to take the pants off and pound that shit out. They haven't won any awards, but they've won your hearts. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Intellectual Saviors. Uh, we just got finished with an interview from Deborah Mitchell. No, we didn't. We haven't done it yet. Okay. We're going to well, do it shortly. We got, we got done with it. We're just fucking going to play it later. Damn it. Oh. He's not trying to hide it or like I pretend. know, dude. We do this every fucking time. Um, no, you do this every fucking time. Author of Growing Up Godless. God damn it. A parent's guide to... to raise, raising kids without religion. <laughs> You're looking at me like you, you wanted me to finish it. Yeah, I, I couldn't remember that last part, to be honest. I just remember growing up godless. But Google it. You'll find it on Amazon, Barnes & Noble. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's actually a special on Amazon right now. I think you can get the book for eight ninety five. I think I saw it today. Maybe Sam. I was lucky. She she liked me enough. She sent me a copy. So yes, I got mine and then you uh, divulged it to me. And I, I read it more than Boggs, and I don't even have a kid. <laughs> Boggs, you need to read that. Yes, yes. I definitely recommend it for any uh, parent out there that's trying to tackle those uh, big questions that children love to give you questions about. The size matter? Well, no, it's... Not, wow. Not God. that. Not that and at all. Box. And there is Box. <laughs> um, but no, like, one in particular that you I never... You said big questions. I was just seeing if size mattered about the question size. Like, I never really thought about it until I read it in the book, but... Um, when she's talking about she's uh, gardening with her kid and he starts asking her questions about death and like you know what happens whenever they die yes like me you guys know me and anybody who listens to this podcast on a regular basis knows me I'm pretty um, blunt about things Mm -hmm. so I've always thought you know if I have a kid and they ask me I'd be like oh well you just rot in the ground yeah but then like reading the way that she dealt with that and kind of her uh, gut reactions and how she kind of thought about responding kind of made me think inwardly a little bit and like, man, would I really tell my kid that? Would I really sit there and say, oh, you just rot in the ground? That's the difference between... Probably faced with that question, I probably wouldn't answer it that way. <laughs> I that... would have to dance around it. I was going to say, that's the difference between like that more soft perspective from like, yeah. you know, an, a, a, a woman, you know, whereas men were so crude about things. And, and you're right, man, because my son asked me about that. I didn't just tell him that. My thing on it is like trying to explain to him, like, look, dude, I go, do you remember anything before you're born? He's like, no. I said, that's what it'll be like when you die. I mean, it's just like, yeah, there's nothing. It's just darkness. You go to sleep. You'd never wake up. You never dream. And even you know? still reading her book, it, it also came into light as to, to why, even though you know, I have some very intelligent friends that are religious or at least they're acting religious, oh, yeah. whatever it may be. Uh, but faced with kids and the questions that they have, um, it's such an easy out <laughs> to just 
chalk it up to a creator and it's such an easy thing to say oh well you know it's you don't rot in the ground you go into heaven it's this wonderful playground where yeah. everybody meets the people that they lost everybody goes on vacation blah, blah, blah. yeah everybody goes on vacation <laughs> only funny does <laughs> uh but it's it's a great book i highly recommend uh checking it out and definitely going to her blog which is at raising kids without religion.net not dot com Dot dot net. Net. Do we have a link to that on our Facebook and Twitter we accounts? We don't yet, but I, we will. I haven't put one. Up, I did put one up for a book already, but I will have one up for both of these. On our Facebook, we might have Facebook one and even Twitter. in the description of the show. Yes, and in the description. And Podbean, all yep. three of those sites It'll where be you can every find us. Corner. Yes, and you can find us on the Twitter at the Intel Saviors. <laughs> Speaking of, like Bog said, I was trying so hard to make that <laughs> like Bog happen said, smoothly. Facebook, iTunes, Stitcher. Podbean, just type in the intellectual saviors will find us. Google, Google, Google us, and there's Google five, us, motherfucker. Five pages of our nonsense. We're popular. Are we really? Nah, eh, I mean, you know. No, we're just the only people that are called the intellectual saviors. <laughs> That's what I was gonna say. <laughs> <laughs> Google's like, we don't have options. Yeah, no. it's like, okay, this is we got this, this wrestler from the past and these guys. We're gonna go with these guys. The rest, the wrestler. <laughs> Apparently there was this wrestler, I can't even remember his name. Called the Intellectual no, Savior? No, his little shtick was he was the Intellectual Savior of the Masses. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah. There's like, I think there's, god damn it, there's something else that's named after the Intellectual Savior, like a damn game form, like something I saw. Oh, so, But we're the coolest of the Intellectual Savior. For sure. What the fuck? God Some asshole didn't turn his phone down. That wasn't me. It was, it was too, totally you, you. You picked up your freaking phone when it happened. Yeah, it's totally you, bitch. I have no notification. This is it. It was Michael. It wasn't me. Cunt. <gasps> Whoa. Whoa. I don't appreciate hey, what'd you guys talk. do for Mother's Day? Um, I worked. I didn't do anything. I took my mom worked out Saturday night. My ass I took off. my mom out for lunch yesterday and then like vomited up my lunch. <laughs> I worked my ass off that. and made sure that a whole bunch of other moms were happy. There you go. <laughs> I was going to say, your mom's in um, Austin, San Antonio? What She's... Down south of Texas, yes. Okay. Eric doesn't know. You don't know where your mom's at? No, I know where she's at. Oh, okay. I just... I'm going to keep my mouth shut. Brownsville? Like, really far south? What? just... What? It's like, I don't know, Gainesville and some other stupid-ass town. (laughs) Just mixing them up. Just mixing them up. Anyway. Browntown? Is that what you said? (laughs) I said Brownsville. (laughs) Anyway. El Paso. So, anyway, yeah. Funny, funny, uh, uh... uh, I don't know, Texas fact. Did you know that El Paso is closer to California than it is to DFW? I, I so hate you right now. What? There's some Texas facts so, for you, Eric. So hate you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why, but the fact that he hates you right now makes me fucking happy. Um, yeah, so uh, last week I know we talked about the uh, the Nigerian girls. Yep. Um, still haven't been found, FYI, if you haven't been paying attention. Boggs hasn't, but I have, and I know this. I've been paying attention um, on the shows that we do about that stuff. More and more light has come uh, to shed, of course, about this. Um, uh, pertaining to the Nigerian government, you have uh, the president there. Um, what is his name? Good Luck Jonathan or something like that? Good, Yeah, Good Luck Jonathan. Good Luck Jonathan. How would you like that as a name? Um it's fucking awesome. Uh, he has been uh, not so forthcoming with uh, information and then also uh, with 
getting help from other places. I know I dogged on the U.S. quite a bit uh, last show, but this guy is not helping the cause at all. However, the U.S. is kind of upping it a little bit, and they're helping out by uh, giving the government of Nigeria uh, access to uh, satellite images, and they're also using uh, manned, uh, um, uh, pretty much spy planes. Drones? No, 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 not drones. They're actually using, like, manned... uh, What the fuck are they? They're the... (laughs) God, I lost the freaking name. Eh, man something. Essentially, they're gentlemen in a plane and take pictures of the ground. It's fine, dude. We got you. Process the data. We're on board with you. Yes. I thought you were going to say that their big um, help was doing the fucking... No, drones are too expensive. They won't use drones in Nigeria. They're going to use the cheap stuff just by having guys fly over with planes and take pictures. Well, they're going to use drones unless they're going to be able to kill somebody with them. (laughs) That too. What's the point? No, what? We can't kill innocent people. Obama's like, wait a minute. I can't fucking just press a button and kill somebody? Nah, I don't want that. I saw they did that hashtag fucking like bring back our girls thing. That was like a big thing on Twitter, that movement. Yeah. And it was funny because... Like, there's one of Michelle Obama holding a sign with the bring back our girls thing. And the comments people are leaving are so shitty. Like, oh, you really want to save 200 girls when your fucking husband's drone striked and killed, like, several thousand innocent kids and all this shit. I mean, it's like... There there (laughs) is a little bit of a point with that. I mean, that kind of pisses me off a little bit because it's... Yeah. People, uh, it's the same thing with people that put those military stickers on the back of their car. Yeah. Uh, the people that, you know, put in one can of food in a canned food drive and mm. pat themselves on the back like they actually made a difference. Yeah. Yams. It's the fact that if you're not actually a promoter of change and trying to change the society in which we live to where this kind of thing doesn't happen, you're useless to me. You're absolutely fucking useless. I don't care about your hashtags. I don't care about all that crap. It's meaningless. All it is is you trying to feel better about yourself because you did something. Yep. I, got I put a hashtag. Ribbon. I've yeah. got my yellow I ribbon. put a little sticker on the back of my car that says support our troops. I'm making a difference. No, go fuck yourself. You're doing nothing. And in fact, you may be even persisting the problem by contributing to the society in which things like this can happen. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a little bit why I'm... Like, it, it, it is an atrocity. Yes, I think... We do need to ramp up efforts, but we also need to go into what kind of world do we live in to where we allow this to happen. And B, the people that are putting on this little hashtag uh, bring back our girls campaign, um, where are they with the 1,500 plus children that die of starvation every day? Well, that's not important. Why can't we hashtag feed our kids? 1,500 kids every day dying of famine. Hmm. I think, well... Why don't we hashtag something about that? I don't know. You can Why get, haven't the, we done anything about that? There's such a litany of problems. You can go down and say that about them. Certainly, and we cannot solve all of them until we actually face the facts that we're not living in a society that we should. Instead, we chalk it up to, oh, humans are bad. They do bad things. People are untrustworthy. We can't do this. Whatever, whatever. Because we don't want to change. It's pathetic. Yeah. We need to get over it, and we need to move on. It's just the way it is, right, Boggs? Yes. <laughs> I got something that you guys are like, and, and this is the problem, because goddamn Obama's not doing enough. We need to get rid of him. And I'm going to tell, <laughs> tell you how we're going to get rid of him. Operation American Spring. Did you guys hear about this? Uh, no. Say no, Boggs. You haven't heard about it. I... 
Yeah. Mm. So this Friday, there's going to be an overthrow of the government. I don't know if you guys heard this, but uh, so some revolutionary patriots, a.k.a. Tea Party. Okay. Uh, plan to converge on D.C. this week to drive President Obama and his disloyal lawmakers out of office. Ooh. Um, this is going to be an operation run by retired Army Colonel Harry Riley. He says, We are calling for the removal of Barack Obama, Joe Biden, Harry Reid, Mitch McConnell, John Boehner, Nancy Pelosi, and Eric Holder. That's a fucking list. How many How many of those did he have to Google to know who they were first? Oh, he knows, dude. He's a retired uh, Colonel. Damn. He knows. How many shit. of those are Republican? Um, McConnell and Boehner. So he's got a couple on there. Um, As a start towards constitutional restoration, um, he's the leader of this, like I said, this American Spring protest group. And he also said um, the reason they want to get rid of him is because they've abandoned the U.S. Constitution and are unworthy to be retained in a position that calls for servant status. So they're going to kick this fucking thing into gear, they said, and um, they're going to kick everybody out. But the people that they do deem worthy of staying in, which I guess would be the Tea Party members already in office, mm-hmm. um, he said they'll be they'll be able to stay on. The other ones they'll have to replace somebody of their own choosing. He said to sponsor and pass every constitutionally craft state legislation and dissolve the size, power, and scope and spending of the United States government by two thirds. It's kind of funny. He said that he thinks they expect to have about ten to thirty million like-minded Americans show up. For the rally. I think that's a little delusional. You don't think they're going to get a tenth of the population? <laughs> no, I don't think they are. <laughs> well, I don't think anybody can get a tenth of the population. I don't know, to man. To rally together to do anything. I don't know. He said that the rally is going to be patterned after the Occupy Wall Street protest. Good luck with that. <laughs> well, I don't see a bunch of Tea Party members living like dirty hippies playing drums and shit. Not going to happen. Fuck <laughs> it. <laughs> They, awesome. might, they might go out there with their RVs. <laughs> this is pretty funny, though. Cause and their beer kegs. Going, yeah. going back to your buddy, Boggs, um, they're they also planning a sister event the same day in uh, Bunkerville, Nevada, where a militia groups have gathered to support rancher Cliven Bundy in his dispute <sighs> with the federal government. So I don't know how they're going to get 30 million people there because, I mean, they yeah, got I two mean, rallies. Yeah, they got two rallies. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> Stretching yourself thin, bro. Yeah, I mean. So now we're talking about twenty percent of the population. <laughs> yeah, there are like over, sixty million people are in two spots. They may be overshooting just a bit. I, I I think he's a little overestimating. He better not buy punch because damn. Yeah. That's expensive. I do. Um, this, uh, like if you have bubble gum, you have to bring it. I'm for surprised. The rest bring a piece for everyone. Yeah. <laughs> I'm surprised they haven't shot Clavin Bundy in the face yet. Whoa. Are you advocating for that, sir? We don't advocate for violence on the this box show. Box is hoping. <clears throat> Here's the thing. Like this, it's the, the first irony. time I've ever seen him pray. Here we go. I know. <laughs> Thank you. I have been on my knees, but anyway. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, that was a good shot at myself. Anyway, so uh, I'm sure you've taken plenty of shots at yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I want to suck my own penis. Okay, first off, I'm defending that because every man wants to suck his own penis. I don't. I don't. Both of you are fucking lying sacks of shit. You think, okay, no. dude, like, I'm going to do that much work on myself? Huh, I get it, because he's a lazy fat ass. Anyway. Not fat. The thing about Cliven is... In my tummy. <laughs> like, Cliven is the one who politicized this. Cliven's the one who made this a giant Republican v. Democrat 
no. Christian v. whatever. No, he didn't. Yes, he did. No, Fox News and the media made it in that. He just Have you listened to what he says, though, when no, he's on television? Because he's feeding it. Look, dude, he was nothing. All he was like, I'm not going to do the fucking federal government says. I don't take my fucking cows. I don't have to pay taxes. He was doing his little crazy militia man stand fucking thing. Then the Fox News and the media gets involved, and they blow it up. And then he's the darling of the right. So then he he's getting crazier because they're giving yeah. him a forum. Yep. How much of that do you think, honestly, how much of that could have been staged by Fox News just to have shit on their station? I don't think they staged anything, but I think they propagated it just by promoting the situation as much as they did. I'm going into conspiracy theory mode right now. No, I mean, I think... I mean, they may have found it. They may have been politicizing it, hyping it up, and then maybe one of their producers is dropping things in his ear. Dude, they're saying some crazy shit down there. The point I was trying to make, though, is past the politicized part to his entire story i mean the dude has militia people pointing guns at police officers and people who are driving by his land and like sorry that that doesn't fly if that happened in this neighborhood if eric yeah. and i walked outside and quote unquote had a militia the two of us and had guns in the apartment we would have a squad of people on top of us no you would yes we would dude it's like fucking open carry in this state have you that seen doesn't the, matter i'm just saying you can walk around have you seen the pictures of people like with machine guns and shit walk around the fucking cap well i mean you guys know when we we're down in austin you brought up that rally thing i yeah. saw the things afterwards oh I mean, we, that was that, that was a, yeah that was a cool rally we should have fucked up we totally should have gone but speaking rally. on that note kind of like the end of this story it goes along with what you're saying about their fucking threats and stuff um, Riley said that his group does not want violence, but admits that peaceful solutions have thus far proven ineffective. <laughs> and he's basically saying, like, oh, uh, yeah, we're not going to say we're going to do anything, but shit doesn't start going our way. I'm just saying. But um, this is pretty funny. There's an offshoot to that story where, like, really hardcore right wing, like your Alex Jones type psychos and stuff, are saying that this whole operation thing is set up. Um, as a false flag by Obama in order to start a <laughs> in order to start a civil war. Oh, here it comes. So get ready for it, kids. On Friday, civil war is <laughs> starting. Fucking Obama, dude. You can't trust that motherfucker, man. I I don't think that's happening. I don't know. The Second Amendment. A bad name. <laughs> Okay, we haven't done the gun guns are fun segment in a while, so I had to pull one. I heard this the other day, and it cracked me up. Um, now it's, you know, we're in that silly season of politics. Everybody's running for office and stuff, and um, there's been a lot of commercials, especially in these state races and stuff, these state senate, state representatives, all the fucking psychos that come out, especially on the Tea Party side, and there's and a lot of these ads are showing up, and they all have machine guns and different stuff. They're showing how badass they are and how for the Second Amendment... And there's a couple different commercials where it's show them like they'll set up like the health care bill and they'll fucking be shooting it and stuff, you know. But and those are all fun and everything. But I saw this one. This is a guy named Bob Quast and he's running for uh, the Senate in Iowa. And I wish that you guys are going to have to Google this later to watch the video of it. But here's the audio of his campaign commercial. Genius. I'm Bob. I am running running for Iowa's open seat in the U.S. Senate. Term limits for Congress need to become the 28th Amendment to our U.S. Constitution. I believe in every aspect of our Constitution, which even a baby knows includes the Second Amendment. If you are the sexual predator and sociopath who murdered my sister Lynette, and you come to my front door to do harm to my girls, I'm gonna use my Glock. 
to blow your balls off. Liberals like Bruce Braley want to restrict our gun rights, including this magazine with 15 bullets. As Iowa's next U.S. Senator, I shall defend every piece of the U.S. Constitution, which, as Emory just taught Mr. Braley, includes the right to bear arms found in the Bill of Rights. Now, please do not confuse me with Iowa's Republican candidate for U.S. Senate. Congressman Braley, you have nothing to fear, as we are friendly folks here in Iowa. Please accept my open invitation for a public debate prior to our June 3rd primary. I will leave my gun at home. Joni can leave her knife on the farm, as long as you agree to leave your elite law degree in D.C. We'll just use our brains to debate your reckless laws and taxes like Braley Care, including common sense solutions to clean up your messes. I am Bob Quast, just a simple problem solver from Iowa who never went to law school, but I did create and approve this video. Okay, so when he's thinking about how like civilized and stuff they are in Iowa, he's like got his gun in his hand, fucking way around. I don't know. I should have cut that down. Like I told Eric, I didn't have enough time, so we'd just play the whole fucking thing for you guys. But I don't know if you caught exactly what he said. But there's a part he's like walking down the stairs. He's got that fucking gun in his hand. He's like, if you're the psycho sociopath or whatever that killed my sister Lynette. And he's like, then he talks about blowing the balls off and then he's all smiling and shit. It's like, yeah, you just talking about this horrific death that occurred to your sister. And then he's got this crazy fucking grin on his face, dude. It's really insane. It's real cheap and fucking it, crazy. Did that actually happen to his sister? Dude, I didn't look it up, but I mean, why would he lie about that? I mean, he seems perfectly sane. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta look that up. I'm gonna say it right now. I might. I'll post it on the Facebook. But <sighs> how many times do we have to go over this? The Second Amendment talks about right to bear arms with the standing militia. You stupid fucks! It has nothing to do with your goddamn guns. It has everything to do with the fact that this country did not have a fucking army at the time that they wrote that. They needed everybody to be able to defend the countryside. Period. You got that, Boggs? Assholes. I wrote that down in a, in a journal somewhere in my room, like, Ugh. in one of our late-night talks we've had while we were drunk. <laughs> You're fucking rambling. Let me write this down so I don't forget. <laughs> Militia. Mm. Pisses me off. Got it. Uh, have you guys been following the uh, Donald Sterling development in yes. the NBA? <laughs> yes. I didn't see seen? the interview, but I heard oh, some of the clips, man. and it was like, what? I, I need How? to I need to get those clips, because they're just pure gold. They are fucking awesome. I'm sure this most guy, people have heard them. And he sounds like a whiny little bitch when he says no. So, this guy's lost his mind. He is completely and utterly delusional. Especially, I don't know if you guys see the part when he was talking about Magic Johnson. He was responding to him. I love that so oh, much. Oh, it's so funny because he's talking about how he, he doesn't know what Magic Johnson's done. He starts talking about all his accolades and how what much money he he's given. He's like, what has he ever done? He, and then he goes he into, you know, this might get me in trouble as well. But black people don't really contribute to their community whenever they get uh, celebrity status. So I was like, what the hell is wrong with this guy? <laughs> Like the magic, what is it called? I think it's called the Magic Johnson Foundation. Is it not? Who fucking knows? I'm that's sure. for kids. That's like got one of the highest ratings for a, a charitable fund. Yeah. Like, gets... are you kidding me, dude? Like, this guy's insane. <laughs> I mean, it's pure gold. He's, he's gonna lose the team. That's that's all there is to it. Well, it's pure gold. That's but... already a given. <laughs> you know what? I he's mean... gonna lose the team over economic reasons too. It's gonna be like, look, we can't have you as an owner because people won't buy your tickets anymore. 
I'm gonna like say you'll have to sell the team. I'm gonna say this. I'm gonna take this fucking opinion that's gonna make me the outcast of the show. But Uh-oh. when he originally came out and those tapes came out, taking the fact now with the bylaws of the NBA, what he said constitutes where they could vote him out. I mean, it's it's written out there. So yes, but just in everyday life, coming from like an eighty-some-year-old fucking dude like that, I wasn't that shocked by. It. I didn't think it was that bad. I mean, he never used. Here's where I'm shocked. I'm shocked at the fact that this guy uh, has contributed a lot of money to charitable donations. He really has. And then on top of that, before this happened, he was supposed to get an award from the uh, N- NAACP. Uh-huh. He was supposed to get a fucking award I think, from the NAACP. I think, I think this that was going to be a second time he was going to receive That's an award That's what I'm saying. Like, it, this wasn't like some guy that... if. Yeah. If he really, I, 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 he's, I'm flabbergasted. Like that's why I think he's just lost it. See, he's like made, I think he's fought like his own inclination from when he was raised to be racist, and it's just maybe getting to that point to where he's just losing it. And you know, it's like when you've had so. like 15 beers and just anything's coming out of your mouth. He, that never <laughs> happens. He may have like to me. dementia or something. I mean, the so, dude's in his well, early no, mid 80s. You know, something. the thing is, is I actually don't. One, I don't care. Because I know it's hateful, and I know what he said was stupid, but so I think it's it not was hard a, for people to figure out that it was stupid, and honestly, he's entitled his opinion. He's but, entitled to hate people. But like, I mean, why are you not entitled to be a douche? But he's You're not... You're entitled to be a douche everywhere else in life, so see, why does that... But he's said things in the past and stuff that yeah, have yeah. been... Yeah, oh, yeah, I mean, so... This is not news. It's a known quantity that the dude's got a little bit of that in him, but, I mean, it's not like it shows up in his work business. I mean, he had one of the first... Black general managers, I think, in Elgin Baylor. He's hired black coaches. I mean, hell, he's banging a black chick. I mean, that girl's... I mean, it's like... like, I mean, then they turn around and say, well, it's a slave owner mentality or something. It's like, I don't know, dude. That's getting too into subconscious and psychological... I mean, the last interview, he did say, he's like, oh, my my players get $100 million. They have nothing to complain about. But but he owns the team. I mean, they are his players. I mean, I know how he meant it. Like, I think some stuff, like, now because he said a couple dumb things, I think everything he says, everybody's like, oh, my God, here we go. It's like, dude, (laughs) look, just leave the old fucker alone. Take the team away from him. Let him just go. He's got a few years left in him. Let him just... I just think it's funny. <clears throat> yeah. That's that's kind of my point about about him is like in any other medium you would basically just allow him to make his opinion known. Like if he said that publicly, he was just like, "Yeah, I'm a racist. I don't like black people." Like everybody'd be like, "Okay, well you're an asshole." But there are people who agree with him and there are people who follow him and there are people, you know what I'm saying? Like you still have the right in America to be a dick. So Yeah, absolutely, but <clears throat> but as as far as the NBA goes, I understand their point when they're like, "Look, we're not going to make sales anymore because people aren't going to show up at the games yeah. for your well, team." I mean, and, and that goes for any business. So, let's say that, you know, somebody that owns an establishment comes out and says that they are a, a racist and they don't like black people. Um, then all of a sudden you have a huge issue with, well, we need to look at the uh, legitimacy of his claim, you know, how many of his upper-level people are African American? You know, has he propagated this into his uh, into his business? You know, so it becomes an issue. It it really does. I mean, I I think as a society, it's 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 more of a societal thing. It's we don't accept racism anymore as a majority. Right. So anytime somebody comes out as racism, it's kind of a collective thing to just start throwing rocks. Well, see, my thing with it is, like I said, I mean, look... The, well, you're the, entitled to that also, too, before you get to your point, sorry. 
Uh, I know. I, I do want to throw out, I just really wanted to throw out that idea that like you're kind of just as bad as he is when you're throwing him under the bus so hard and it's like really hateful. Well, here's the thing. Him. I think if you do it in an intellectual fashion that's showing that his viewpoint is wrong and inconclusive, mm-hmm. I think you're absolved of being the asshole in the argument. Oh, I agree. But it's <laughs> And I think, I think that's the point. Like, yes, public really forum hard. Uh, uh, social media it can be very very harsh and you have your trolls out there and you have your people that are just as bad as he is on the other side of the spectrum as opposed to it you know they attack anybody who is semi-racist but I think that's the whole point is he he went ahead and spat a whole bunch of words and now the public forum gets to essentially judge him for it Mm -hmm. yeah like I said I think what it was is he made all those statements in the past and everything i think there's a lot of owners and he's known as like the worst owner in the nba i mean the clippers have been the worst fucking franchise ever since he's owned them i mean they're terrible and i think you know he probably pissed a lot of people off in the past with some of the statements he made but they weren't blown up on the scale and the other owners just kind of let it slide i think this time it came out it was public it blew up so big and i think they just pounced they're like Here's a way we could finally get rid of this fucking guy. And I mean, seriously, I think it's a Good dog. Pile I do think now. that that's 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 really close to the truth. I think as far as they're and then you know and the thing is is like I said, the NBA people who are charged with figuring out what to do about that situation, they're completely entitled to say, look, man, like the majority of hell, just like the fan base alone has a lot of black people in it. The players are mostly black. There's no way that we can possibly justifiably that, make this business that's, work. That's how they justify now. It, it, I mean, yeah. they're justifying with that language, but it's all about business. Like you said, it's about money. They're looking at it, they're saying, you know, 40% of our fan base is, you know, African-American. I just say black because I think it's stupid. They're Americans. They're fucking in this country. But that's what they say. So 40% of the people that, you know, buy tickets, buy jerseys, go 40%. It's like that you can't piss off 40% of your families. So they didn't have a choice, but I think we need to wrap this up, move it on to the interview. And then we can talk about whatever you want to talk about after the fact, bitch. So enjoy the interview. All right, joining us now is Deborah Mitchell, author of Growing Up Godless, A Parent's Guide to Raising Kids Without Religion. Um, Deborah also has a blog that she runs that you guys could check out. It's at uh, RaisingKidsWithoutReligion.net. I want to thank you for coming on with this, Deborah. I mean, this is, I mean, of course, your book's about exactly what's in the title, you know, raising kids in kind of a a very religious world, at least here in the United States, and trying to bring them up in a secular fashion and how the difficulties that come with that. Um, this is something we've kind of talked about on the show before and stuff. Like, I have a son, and Boggs has a daughter himself, so and we're kind of in the same boat because we're, of course, all atheists here. So, I mean, it, it's kind of nice to have, um, I guess, a book like that for people who live maybe in the Bible Belt area and are... Right kind of in that area where they're not around people like themselves and you don't really have someone to fall back on, you know, as a support system. So it's kind of, it's, it's nice to have someone who's been through it and put this literature out, I think. So like I said, I want to thank you for coming on. Thank you. Well, it's nice to know you guys are out there too. I mean, I was so shocked here in the DFW area. I was like, Oh my gosh, there are some cool people here. (laughs) Um, we, uh, you know, are pretty isolated as uh, non-believers, um, and so it's always nice to come across people who, who have similar views. And a lot of people 
um, you know, share our views but are still in the closet and, and are afraid to come out because they don't want their kids to be ostracized or they don't want to run into trouble at work or in their community. So um, it is nice to find people who can, you know, talk, talk openly about their views too. Yeah, that's one thing we, we kind of talk about all the time. It's kind of like, um, I don't know, maybe like the new gay almost, the atheist, you know, the movement and stuff. You know, it's like trying to, you know, being in the closet and it's afraid to come out. I mean, I don't know if you saw it, but like we talked about before, there's a study. I think Harvard did it. I may be wrong on that. Um, I don't know. Was it like a year ago or something? They did like trustworthiness of certain people. And I think people... Yeah that took the poll like rated uh, rapist like more trustworthy than atheist in the poll so yeah it's being an atheist and especially in this country is it's it's a very difficult thing sometimes i know and it's so ironic because i mean morality doesn't have anything to do with religion i mean you know it, it's you see so many times where um the church community has um in some way you know committed some sort of crime and you, know, you see the hypocrisy of people in religion, and um, there's good and bad people who are religious, and good and bad people who obviously are atheists, or you know Hindus, or Buddhists, or Muslims. So, I mean, it, I don't think that religion has anything to do with morality. No, and I know that's one thing that you hit on in the book, um, amongst other things, of course, the religious teachings and stuff, and how people kind of fall back on that. I, I want to get into that a little bit. Um, before we kind of get into the book, though, I did want to bring up, um, I mean, of course, besides the blog, you also do some of those eye reports on CNN. And I know that you had the article last year around the first year that came out, um, the Why Raise My Kids Without God, that was posted on there. And is from what I've seen or, and read on that, that's like the most viewed and shared posting that they've ever had uh, published on the CNN page from the, for the eye reports. Um, and also, right. I'm going to assume that also probably is one that they've got the most kickback on as well. Right. Uh, I think uh, after that came out, in fact, in fact um, I was surprised at how much um, publicity and how many people commented on, on that post. And then uh, I think that CNN felt that in order to be fair to all the people <clears throat> who were writing them and had concerns that um, they were being one-sided. They actually gave uh, one of the other um, writers a chance to uh, present the opposing side, why I raised my children with God. Um, that, of course, didn't generate near as many uh, comments or, or controversy, but I, I just I couldn't figure out why that would even be controversial because it was only, obviously, my opinion and what I'm doing with my children, but oh my gosh, you cannot believe some of the comments I got, some of the, um, I mean, if you read any of the comments on there, and then the private comments I got telling me that, you know, my children were going to hell, I'm a horrible parent. Um, I mean, they said some things that I would not even repeat. I mean, I've listened to some of your shows, and there's <laughs> no comparison with the, uh, the kind of language that they use. It was just shocking to me, and just another example that religion doesn't have any correlation with morality. Well, we, our show doesn't have anything to do with the morality. There's no doubt about that. One thing that I thought was really funny on it, though, is like you said, there's so many negative comments. And, of course, it is funny because, you know, they're coming from people who are evidently are Christians. They're highly offended at the fact. And, I mean, I read the article, and it's there's nothing in there where you bash uh, Christianity at all or go after it. I mean, it's just simple concepts like we go through all the time, like trying to explain 
you know, if there is a God, then this and this, and you don't need God for morality. I mean, it's just, it's basic points, and the way you lay them out is very down the road. Like, we're pretty militant here with our atheism sometimes because we get really fed up, especially with the political side. That's what we deal with a lot. But I thought you were very fair minded. Like, it's just like your book. I think your book is extremely fair minded. I mean, you never really take like a harsh tone in any aspect towards religion in general. I mean, not just Christianity, but just religion in general. Um, but I thought the post was funny because I saw this at the top of it now on there. CNN has a thing where they write that it's been flagged as inappropriate so many times, but they've reviewed it and said that, you know, please stop flagging this as inappropriate because it meets all the community <laughs> guidelines. I thought that was hilarious because there's nothing in it at all that should be flagged. Well, I mean, you're, you're keeping your kids away from God. How dare you? You're such an evil person. <laughs> Send them to the devil. Think of your children. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, no, please. Um, Well, first of all, I I do get frustrated sometimes with the religious attitude, especially living here in uh, Texas. And as you probably read in the book, you know, I have had teachers that have stepped over the the line and, you know, wanting to take my kids to church. But... um, you know, I, I feel like my, uh, I still have family members who are believers, and I have friends who are believers, and it brings them a lot of comfort. And I don't want to be putting the church, the churches down, the religions down, or beliefs down, because these bring people comfort, and whether it's true or not, really, sometimes that isn't really as important, obviously, as what they believe, because if they believe that, you know, it's, Uh, give some hope and uh, they're going to be reunited with the people who uh, they've lost then you know who am I to try to take that away but I do get frustrated with uh, religion at times um, as I'm sure we all do definitely the reason I brought the the I report is because there it was so popular on there though I mean not of course aside from the negative comments but I mean just the fact that like I said how it kind of took off like brush fire I mean it got shared so many times so many views I mean, and having done the blog, um, I was wondering now, was this kind of a catalyst because of the popularity of that piece to kind of push you towards writing the book? Or was it something else that made you just think, I need to write a book about this because there's nothing out there like it? Well, actually, the um, when I wrote that I report, I did get contacted. I was contacted by a couple of editors and a... Um, an agent and so that's really where the book came from I, I hadn't planned on writing a book but I had been blogging for about 10 years I had a lot of material had a lot of journals and just a lot of um, ideas that um, I could put into the book at the editor basically that I chose she said you know what do you think about writing this book you know basically on the subject of, of your blog and your experiences and so that's really where the the um, the book came from okay like i said i i enjoy like i don't know i mean like just with the title of it the whole growing up godless and everything i think a lot of people might look at that title and automatically be turned off by it and thinking like what is this this is just a book on how to you know turn your kid into an atheist but it, yeah. but it, i mean it, it's nothing like that at all like i said this is i mean it's pretty much just a straightforward it's just a solid parenting book i think i mean i think you give a lot of good advice And you go through a lot of different things that children do. I mean, it's not all about religion. I mean, like you talk about the way you raise your kids with like you would make them do an instrument or do a sport and they had to be involved in the community. I mean, there's a lot of good things in there. It's not just 
a religious based book. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, so I really, I mean, that aspect I, I really enjoyed. And like I said, you're very fair minded uh, on a lot of points that you make. I mean, you go a lot of stuff that you hear about all the time in circles, especially with us. We've discussed it like, you know, like we already brought up the morality thing and, or like, mm-hmm. you know, trying to discuss heaven with kids or trying to discuss, you know, I mean, just any aspect of religion and stuff. And you're very, like I said, you're very, very fair minded about it, which I appreciate it. But, um, one thing I do yeah. want to bring up is, um, like your, like what changed you? I know that you said that you started off, I mean, of course, like you were a believer and everything. And then like when you were in college, like at North Carolina state, is that kind of when you started kind of flipping the script? You decided like, maybe this isn't, this doesn't make sense to me anymore. Right. Yeah. I mean, the, uh, the, the God that I had learned about in, in Catholicism, um, and that I learned when I went to CCD, it just wasn't matching up with what I was seeing. And then when I started su- studying the history of religion and, you know, just ancient history, um, different philosophers, I, everything started to break down. And um, and then, you know, one day I was driving to school and I, I heard this uh, report on the, the news about it, a kid who had been sodomized and, and was tortured and killed. And I was like, you know, this it all just doesn't make sense. There are just so many things that, that don't make sense. And um, from there, it, it all just started coming apart because I really, um, really started reading the Bible more closely and looking. And I'm like, this really? Did I believe this when I was a kid? Because none of this makes sense. I mean, <laughs> you know, all these stories. I mean, you know, a man lives in the belly of a whale. Come on, we're teaching this to our kids. You know, these sort of things that would present them as truth. I mean, it just, it just did not, um, you know sit well with me and I didn't want to teach my kids things that that seemed so outrageous and so unreal and if they decide when they get older that they want to follow a religion I I don't care what religion they decide to follow as long as they're um, you know truthful and honest and good people and they've thought about it and that's that's their own decision I just didn't want to brainwash them yeah I completely agree Um... Like you said right there, uh, with your kids, you don't mind them like actually believing in any kind of deity as long as they're decent people and they don't do harm to others. Um, I have a little bit of a different mentality um, where I, I personally don't have kids, FYI. Um, mm-hmm. But I've always kind of had the idea that if I have kids, I'm not going to raise them atheist per se. I'm going to let them go ahead and do whatever they want to do and find their own path. Um, but if they do come to the conclusion that they want to believe in some kind of uh, faith-based initiative like your Christian God or Allah or whoever it is, that they need to come to me and uh, not really debate it, but state their case and kind of Mm -hmm. give me their evidence and their proof. And then we kind of work through it. Um, I'm just kind of curious as to your ideas of that tactic as opposed to just letting them loose so to speak to uh be free to kind of worship any deity they choose or choose not to i i think that's a great idea i mean first of all if you are raising your children and you're not trying to indoctrinate them they're not going to have all the prejudices that a lot of these kids have growing up thinking that oh non-believers are evil or muslims are evil or other you know christians are evil they're going to be much more objective because you're letting them uh, research and think and come to their own conclusions and it will be their decision and if they lay out a case for you 
Um, I think it's going to be difficult to do. Obviously, there's if we could prove the existence of God, uh, we would not call it faith. Um, so they'll come to you probably and lay out reasons for them personally that don't have anything to do with logic, really. It would be more of, you know, I, this evidence that I see around me uh, makes me think that there's a higher power, stuff like that. That's not really provable, but it's, you know, evidence for them. It's more specific to them. But, no, I think, you know, allowing them to have that, that option and that choice uh, probably would even make them uh, less likely to choose religion because uh, you're not holding it out as something that's um, forbidden. You know, kids are always interested in things we say absolutely not. <laughs> so very true. <laughs> Actually, knowing that, like you're talking about the, you know, studying and getting all the information on the religions, probably pushing them away from it. I know that there's a story that you wrote in there about like your son going to school and being asked about going to church or something, and him saying that he never went to church. And um, can you kind of elaborate on that story? I don't want to screw it up about the teacher wanting to help him get a ride to church or something. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that was in elementary school. And, I mean, lots of kids have asked my children over the years to go to church. I don't know if they do that with uh, your child. But I, um, even in high school, uh, my son still has kids asking him if they want, you know, if you know, he wants to go to church with them. But that particular instance uh, you're referring to happened when uh, my oldest was in elementary school. And the teacher was going around the room asking all the kids what church they went to. And when they got to my son, he said, we're agnostics, we don't go to church. And I don't think he really realized at that point that we're, we weren't like most people. And so the teacher then asked the class, would anybody be willing to go to our house on Sunday morning, pick up my son and take them to church, take him to church with their family? So uh, that was <laughs> that was quite a shock to me. That was, I couldn't believe she did that. I know that's amazing to me. That I mean, first of all, the fact that they're just asking it, and then to oh well, let's find someone to take you since your parents are evidently awful and don't take you to church. <laughs> Those yeah. heathen parents will go kidnap you. <laughs> what? How did you handle that situation? I mean, did you address the? Did you go to the principal? Did you address the teacher directly? I did. Uh, you know, I thought about it for a little bit to decide what I should do because I, at first I was kind of like, you know, I wanted to downplay religion. I always try to downplay it. I think that's why I don't make a huge deal of it on, in the book because I think religion should be, our views about religion too should be private. And so I thought for a while and then I said, you know, I, I really should go talk to the principal because this teacher is undermining me by doing this. She's saying that, you know, our way and our views on religion aren't acceptable. So I did go in and talk to the principal, but she was also a member of the uh, the largest Baptist church here in town. And I tell you what, she looked at me like I had lost my mind. She was just like, oh, and you're complaining why? So um, I did get on her for a bit about that. I said, if you want, you know, I'd be happy to ask the uh, school district to um offer a class on all world all religions so that we can teach our kids about all religions not just about christianity not just about the baptists but about all world religions and also about um you know world views such as atheism agnosticism skepticism um 
But she was like, no, 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 that's okay, I'll talk to her. And it, it didn't happen again after that, but my son was very aware, uh, and, you know, he reported back to me, you know, the teachers talking about religion, the teachers talking about God, and as long as it wasn't, I felt, um, stepping over the boundaries of, you know, what I had taught him, then I was okay with it. You know, it's okay if she talks about religion, um, the history of religion, but it's not okay if she asks, you know, where we go to church. Yeah, and, and that's one of the reasons why I brought that up, because I knew that you had talked about that in the book, about talking about the comparative studies of the religion stuff, and um, I thought I'd read where you'd championed that before, like in an article in the Dallas Morning News, and I was wondering, mm-hmm. that you mentioned that in the book about that's something that you would like to see in the schools as like a kind of like a comparative religious studies, but... I mean, how do you think that would work? And because the, my fear on something like that is like, I think it's a good idea in theory, but the problem is mm-hmm. you, this is not a Christian nation, but majority of the idiots in this country are Christians. And so I'm afraid <laughs> that you'd get a teacher that they're going to, you know, when they're teaching it, they're going to skew it towards wherever their belief system is. You know what I mean? Emphasize the Christianity or emphasize the Muslim or religion, you know, whatever they're teaching that's up their alley and then the others kind of decrease the emphasis they put on it. I think that's the only fear with doing something like that. I mean, I, I absolutely think you're right. I mean, just look, we can't keep religion out of the uh, presidency. I mean, look at George Bush, but mm-hmm. we, um, uh, for sure that that is tricky, but I have talked to many people um, in this country and I, actually people in Europe who have said, we do that here, it is successful. Um, I think as long as you ha- were very specific in the curriculum, um, I think it could be successful. It would be mainly a history of religion, and it would be uh, need to be taught in an objective way. And of course, you know, in Texas, there are a lot of people that want to bring things like creationism into the science classroom. So it would definitely have to have good boundaries. And as I said, you'd have to use a a textbook that obviously was fair and objective, and you'd have to have a teacher that would be willing to to, te- to teach that and be as fair as possible. I personally don't think that that would happen because if you are fair and objective as far as religious background, it has such horrible roots and such terrible atrocities within it that Christians would not allow it to happen because they don't want to be associated with things like uh, the, the cr- Crusades... Um, the Inquisition uh, (laughs) and other horrible, torturous crimes against humanity that religion has done. They don't want to be associated with it. So as far as an objective, like being as fair as you can with it, I I don't think that it's going to happen because they wouldn't allow it. Right. I I mean, you could be right. Like I said, um, the people that I talked to who said that this is offered in their school, nobody was from Texas. It was... (laughs) Uh, mainly in the northeast. <laughs> oh, big surprise there, right? Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was mainly in the northeast, and I actually even had one person from a Catholic school tell me that they offer a world religion class, uh, and had taken that in their high school, um, and that it was objective. So, I mean, people can surprise you, obviously, but in all fairness, if you are going to talk about the history of religion, you need to also talk about uh, the bad parts as well. Um, yeah, I think that's the thing. If they could, if they could come up with a curriculum and and I trust them stick to it, I would. I mean, I'd be totally fine with that. There's no demand because I mean they're going to continue to push prayer in school and certain elements, like you said, creationism, certain aspects of Christianity. They're constantly doing. I mean, 
I mean, hell, Louisiana does the creationism thing. I, I know Kansas and a few other states have been pushing for prayer in school and different things. I mean, it's constant in politics now. So you can't get mm-hmm. it out of there, but... Yeah, I mean, look at the Merry Christmas bill they recently passed so that, you know... <laughs> but, I mean, that, yes. that wasn't the limit bill. I mean, yes, and for, really? For those that don't know here in Texas and stuff, I mean... That was the thing. Now, I don't know exactly the way the language is written on that, but do you, could you explain that to Deborah? Because I'm trying to think. I, I know it was basically like you could only say Merry Christmas. There's none of that Happy Holiday. Like I can't remember. There's like it's really silly law. Yeah, because I mean, really, people could already say Merry Christmas. They're already allowed to say that. But um, this bill said it gives uh, teachers the right to say Merry Christmas and also to have uh, displays of uh, like the nativity scene yes, on school, right. school property, but it also had to have some other either religious or holiday symbol with it. So you could have the nativity scene, but it had to have Santa with it, which is totally goofy <laughs> because, I mean, it's like, you know how Apple only sells its products through authorized dealers? Mm-hmm. Why would the church want its nativity scenes just put anywhere with all these other products and religions and everything all jumbled together i mean doesn't it lessen the whole symbol of it i mean i don't know i just thought that was kind of goofy you can have the display of the nativity scene but it also has to be there with either a secular or another religious display well i guess they have to do that so they can get away with it you know. Yeah, right. I think religion will get its get wherever they can. They want to get butts and pews and have those people uh, give money to them wherever they possibly can. They, I, I think they're less. There are, of course, some people that are legitimately concerned with what people believe in the path that they're taking. But I think for the most part, churches are simply concerned with how many people they're going to get in their church paying them money. Oh, yeah, it's a business. It's a big business. Certainly. You say it several um, times in your book. <laughs> It's a yeah, big business. And I mean, right, and it should be taxed, you know. Um, yeah, we've, we've already went over that yep, before. Yeah, we recently <laughs> had a show about that. <laughs> I have to look that one up then. Going, um, going back to the, I know that you probably just get hammered with the morality thing. That's probably what everybody asks you about because I, I, I always, you know, that's the argument you get as an atheist. But I think one point you bring up, I'm kind of just getting back to the book a little bit, um, is like you're talking about, you know, we're talking about going to church now and in the schools them trying to feed stuff in your kids and stuff but you say a lot of times with parenting and you know as the parents don't take actual responsibility for the kids they just want to take them to church and drop them off and let the preachers preach to them and instill like that morality and what's right from wrong and everything in them instead of like actually getting involved themselves and doing it i really like that point because i think that makes a lot of sense and i think that is true a lot of ways you know where it's like eh, i don't really have time to sit down and talk to this kid. We'll just take him to church and let him teach him about abstinence and this and that, and they'll be fine. Right, right. because talking about um, sex to your children is uncomfortable. And so parents, you know, especially b- being brought up in uh, certain religions where, you know, to talk about sex or to, you know, say the word sex or, you know, um, that's no-no or it's naughty or dirty. And so for them to be able to take them to church where um, their kids are become fearful of sex or you know having sex before um, marriage, that's much easier for them. And I, I've had parents actually tell me before that it was just easier to take their kids to, to church and let 
the church teach them that they should be respectful to the parents and that they should abstain from sex and they shouldn't curse. And so it does pr to provide a structure and a foundation to teach morality, but that is not the source of morality. Obviously, the kids are going to come home, they're going to see their parents, and if their parents aren't empathetic and if their parents don't have self-awareness, the kids aren't going to really um, internalize that morality. Yeah, I love that. I don't know if, if you heard about it. We did it last week on the show. We talked about, speaking of abstinence, I thought this was pretty funny. We we kind of rip on that before, but, like, they have this new Christian thing they call purity balls. Have you heard of these? Yeah, uh, I've the, heard of them. <laughs> we talked about that last <laughs> week. I'm like, that's Christianity run amok right there. <laughs> it's like, yeah. abstinence is bad enough, but these purity balls are just taking it that next level. Yeah. Um. Um, I know kind of getting back into like you know we talk about the church's goals and everything like that um the political aspect of it, i was wondering how much you keep up with that because that's usually what we talk about it when we go into religion and stuff oh by the way boggs has been sitting here for a little while he wanted to say hi to you hello oh, hello <laughs> he's just sitting there taking oh. all in you don't we don't get much out of him yeah well why do you even bring him along <laughs> that's a good question <laughs> thank you for that appreciate that we ask ourselves that every show. <laughs> uh, bring the I bring the music. The oh, you bring the music. Yeah. Okay. yeah, he's our musician. He's the Paul Schaefer of our show. Or Doc Severinsen, if you want to get really old school. You call me gay right now? Is that what you're saying? Per first of all, so there's nothing wrong with that, and that's not what I'm saying. But anyway, getting into politics, I was wondering, like, kind of what your... I don't know, your opinion of the political discourse is and how the politicians continue to use Christianity. Do you think... Do you think it's more just political, trying to get votes because it is a majority Christian country? Or do you think that th this is legitimate push to bring Christianity back because of this war on religion that we always hear about on Fox News now? Oh, yeah. I definitely don't, I don't think there's a war on religion. I just think people are um, starting to move away from the church. And a lot of those people, they identify as nuns, um, aren't necessarily atheists or agnostics they're just people who have become disenchanted with the church and have moved away but they still consider themselves spiritual and believers i do think though that at least here in texas they definitely seem to use religion as a tool and and sometimes when i hear the different politicians i'm like do they really believe what they're saying because these people are educated they've gone to good schools they've they obviously have you know critical thinking skills, I, you know, I wonder some of the things I, I hear them say, I just shake my head. I mean, I think it was, was it the lieutenant governor um, a few months ago, they were all talking about wanting to bring um, creationism into the science classroom, every single one of them, the candidates. Did you hear, did you see that, um, I was that gonna, debate? I was going to say, I didn't see it, but I could pretty much say any conservative Tea Party candidate, that's something that they've been promoting for quite some time. I mean, yeah, are, I think you're talking about, well, I was going to say, you might, are you talking about Dewhurst? Yeah, there was like four or five um, uh, lieutenant governor candidates up there, and every one of them uh, was for bringing creationism to the school. And I thought that was so odd because, you know, normally you'd say one or two of the candidates would be for it. But I just was surprised. I think uh, they're all appealing to the people that are the loudest and the unhappiest here in Texas. Um even though the Tea Party really isn't that big of a percentage of our our population, they just they're so loud and they have they're so organized. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. got all that Coke brother money. I, I don't know so much <laughs> about the Texas, but in, in Kansas, I don't know if you heard about this, but their senatorial um, debates that they had up there, I think they have a handful of Republican candidates running. Every one of them said that um, it should be like a, sta- a set standard for anybody who wants to serve on the Supreme Court to uh, abide by bl- biblical law. And the, all mm. of them said that. Uh, <laughs> oh, my god! That'd be a horrible decision. You think? Horrible. <laughs> I was surprised uh, the Supreme Court with their last, the Greece versus Galloway decision that they are uh, allowing prayer uh, before public meetings. That, that was a little disappointing. I, I was surprised, but not shocked with the Supreme yeah. Court. Um, but yeah, I I can't remember what their, what the exact, their, how they put in the language that they justified that. I guess it's just there's no justification for it. It's it's blatantly uh, endorsing religion. Yeah, I think they kind of. Oh, go ahead, Debbie. I'm sorry. No, I know. I was just saying, absolutely, it is endorse an endorsement of religion. Um, but they uh, claim that because these are adults, that they're not influenced by the the prayer, uh, and that's why there's still another case coming up in which they're trying to determine whether or not uh, prayers at graduation and ha- holding graduations in churches, which everybody here does in Texas. I don't know if you saw that last CNN report I did. Yes, um, with your son's they, graduation, yep. Yeah, um, there's, they're going to be looking at that and considering whether or not that is um, constitutional or not. So, But I didn't mean to interrupt you. Go ahead. Oh, no, um, I, I was going to let you go. I was just wanted to bring up that point that, yeah, I mean, it's, I think the only thing I could say in general with that is they're saying, like, if you use God in a general sense or something, you know, it's okay. Like, if you don't get specific, I can't remember. There's some way that they curve around it. But, I mean, it's no different. Like you said, they do it at the graduation ceremonies. They do it, um, like, at football games and stuff. They'll get all the football players around to do it. and And it's bad for the kids, like you said, because if you're, child doesn't believe in that faith or it's of a different faith um you know they're kind of castigated you know they get a little bit left out and it's hard to explain to a seven or eight year old it's like well yeah you know you're being pushed to the side because you don't believe in what they believe i mean it's just another way of kind of segregating the kids is you know the way i see Mm -hmm. it yeah and they're teaching kids that that way is the only way and that's the only belief system i mean we have, you know, Hindus and Muslims and Buddhists, and although, um, you know, lots of different religions have one main god and just they have different names for the god. I mean, there are other, you know, people who just are spiritual and just think of God as an oversoul and not as one, you know, human figure. And so. Uh oh. You still with us? We're teaching our kids to be exclusive instead of um, being more embracing of people who have different ideas. Yeah, I'm still with you. Okay, it just started cutting out a little. Just want to make sure. Um, Yeah, Yeah. I I think that's a lot of it, too. My kind of theory on it is we've talked about this before with, like, how conservatives have gotten so much more conservative and they try and stifle voting and all this stuff. And I think a lot of it's, like, the fear of um, minorities kind of, you know the population's growing i think it's almost the same like if you look at the in the religious spec spectrum when you do polling and stuff now i've seen anywhere from 12 to about 17 percent will either consider themselves 
non-religious or atheist and of course you have a growing you know population of muslims and stuff as well and i think that i think it's one of these this kind of old white republican thing where you know it's like they're trying to force the christianity on the non-believers or the pe- people that the faith like i said it's kind of the segregate them out like you know we're still in charge here you know we're trying to <laughs> i don't know if my, that's my opinion i kind of see a little bit of that because i don't think they buy into half of the stuff that they promote i think it's more of a dying breed that is just screaming and yeah. trying to make as much fervor as they possibly can to stay alive because they know that they're losing miserably because the the god in the gaps argument is vanishing uh, with critical thinking coming into play, it vanishes. Like religion just becomes, you, you don't need it anymore, especially when it comes to morality. People are realizing that religion is, you don't need it. It's kind of just an exclusive thing that makes you dish out money and feel guilt. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, not, and not have sex is the other part. Yeah. Right, right. Okay, they take all the fun out of it. <laughs> And sometimes you're not even allowed um, to drink. Like, fuck that. Mm. Sorry, that's all I have. Sorry. My bad. The Catholics aren't like that, though. The Catholics take the wine, you know, with the higher co- alcohol content. <laughs> yeah. Um, they, I was going to say, they, uh, need that, they, they need that communion so bad. They want that at the first part of the church instead of toward the end. Well, and then you have the Southern Baptists that just, as long as they're not around their preacher or other people that are in the congregation, they'll drink. There you go. <laughs> and they're all like that, which is funny. They just don't want to admit it to each other. Yeah. I was a bartender for several years, and I had one guy that would come in, and he would get a uh, Long Island iced tea, but he would make me put it in a regular glass because he knew that his pasture might come in, and uh, he didn't want his pasture to know that he was drinking. (laughs) Oh, brother. And he was coming to a bar, huh? (laughs) Yeah, I was like, man, just just drink it. Like, why why are you so concerned about this? Like, what does it matter? All the energy they spend on, you know, the guilt and trying to hide things. Um, yeah, I mean, aren't the Mormons responsible for, um, you know, the pornography industry? <laughs> Actually, I think that was the Puritans. I, that's um, cold, but awesome. <laughs> <laughs> um, they're they're probably ninety-five percent, I would think, <laughs> responsible um, for porn. Something you said, though, about, um, you know, why they tend to um, marginalize non-believers. I think that, um, yeah, they're starting to feel a little threatened, but also everybody needs an enemy. And, you know, with the devil not being so much um, as an intimidating factor anymore, it seems like the atheists kind of are the the substitute. And, um, you know, we really do, uh, you know, as a nation, as a people, we we like to feel like we're on a team and that we have an enemy to fight against. So, I think they play into that. These a lot of these uh, politicians and preachers, and it gets people rallied up, and you know they, you know, unite people behind their cause, even though it's not necessarily uh, real. It's just they make them feel that that this is a real threat. Yeah, that's why I think that I think there's a lot more agnostics, and I think that's one reason you see the non-religious growing so much. But you don't see it when it's strictly like specific atheist agnostic. You don't see those categories rising as fast because I think there are so many, but they're afraid to come out and say they are just because you're you are persecuted almost. As in, like I said, just that that ridiculous poll thing they did where you know we rank lower, more or less trustworthy than a rapist. You know, as an atheist, it's like right. how ridiculous can you get? Um, right. Um, I mean, I'm a black sheep in my family for that. 
You're a black sheep everywhere I was told, you go. <clears throat> I was told, you, you'll like this, Debbie. I was told from my nephew. My nephew is like six years younger than me. I was like, you guys think that uh, like the family doesn't talk to me anymore because I'm liberal? And my nephew yeah. was like, no, I think it's more about the fact that you're like a complete heathen, ungodly man. <laughs> like The room just kind of got silent, and I was like... Yeah, yeah, that's probably the reason. Yeah, that's probably <laughs> that's probably exactly why. So uh, that's what I wouldn't doubt it. I I don't think I've talked to my grandparents in like six years. I don't think oh. I've talked to my uncles in like six years. <laughs> so sad. <laughs> I mean, not really. Sad. That's their choice. I'm fucking badass. Mm. That's kind of sad, though. I mean, you know, grandparents and how much longer do they have to live? And I mean, I I do think that you're right, though. That um, you know relatives do sort of push you to the side when you don't believe as they do because my brother he is always sending me stuff from you know john edward all too well you know, sounds familiar yeah he's that um guy who's a uh, medium you know and he does all those readings oh, and stuff like okay that. yes yes oh, <laughs> my gosh. and my brother sends me this stuff and i'm like are you kidding me you know i don't believe in all this so let me give you my opinion about him and then you know this big discussion ensues but i mean yeah you definitely know that they're talking about you and they're they're like oh i can't i can't believe she doesn't believe and you know we'll we'll pray for her and i'm like okay well have fun with that <laughs> yeah let's see if that works i get that a yeah. lot too <laughs> oh yeah i just got an email today from somebody in the city who um was sending out an email to everybody in the city and said let's pay pray for rain i'm like oh my gosh oh, that, come on. that is so funny i I don't know if I tell these guys all the time they need to watch it. Um, that Vice show on HBO, they did a thing on the droughts in Texas, and it was so funny. Like, they were asking all these people, these are mostly, like, farm-type people out in West Texas, you know, about, do you think this is a cause of, you know, you know, climate change and stuff? Oh, no, I don't believe in that. You know, this is, God's going to take care of us. And, and then, you know, their whole thing is, like, they just go and pray for rain and stuff because they got nothing. <laughs> because that's their whole What else theory. are you going to do if that's you got their, no crops to, to gather? Yeah, Bloodlet. It's it's awesome. I mean, it's like oh my god, it's all over Texas too. It just shows. It's I hate these sh things. Anytime they show anything from Texas, it always makes us look so much worse than I think we really are. <laughs> I I think that same thing. I just shake my head. And I'm like, your God is one mean God. He won't even give us water. <laughs> he is so. he is an ass. At least you're lucky. You're not originally from here, so you don't have to claim this state like we do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, now I'm part of Texas, right? I've been here for. I've um, been here for what over twenty years now. Well, about, about almost maybe, let's see, gosh, it goes by fast. Yeah, I've been here almost 20 years now. Yeah. So I'm, I'm a Texan. I am I'm a true Texan so, now. Yeah, you're a Texan now. You've been here. Have you have you been bird-dogged around the grocery store by a Christian whom you made the mistake of telling them you were atheist and they just, like, started making claims at you and, uh, I don't uh, know, trying to make their case, I guess? I don't talk to anybody about it unless they come up to me first. And um, I've, for a long time, I've sat there and listened to people tell me about their religion. And it'll be, you know, years before um, somebody will know that um, I'm an atheist. And uh, this lady at Market Street not too long ago uh, asked me that question. You know, you don't believe in God? And I'm like, no. And she's like, oh, well, you act just like a Christian. I'm like, oh my gosh, is that so? So, <laughs> did you feel? Hold on, did you feel really insulted when she told you that? Because <laughs> that, that that just doesn't like, wait a seem minute, like I a... don't own slaves. 
Well, I, don't, I don't try to. I don't give my children to guys that raped them for twenty silver. <laughs> like, right, exactly. <laughs> oh man. What do you mean? I, I mean, act I, like a Christian. Yeah. That's it's, funny. It's kind of funny. Like you, you know how you're. Um, we're talking about like people, like you talking to people about it and stuff. And I don't know. I was want to ask you this. Like you have a lot of essays from people in your books. When you're like making your points and stuff, you'll put like you know some other person i guess did they write you is this through your blog or something that you obtained these or how did you get a hold of those because i know she used that a lot like other people's wards are kind of putting certain i don't know like certain chapters like you're talking about a certain situation right so um when i was writing the book i thought golly people will get so tired of hearing me going on and on and on so i said i've had you know a community of people who believe similarly and so I reached out to them and I said hey would you write something on this topic or uh, I saw that you wrote this can I use this in the book and so that's how I, I incorporated other um, people's essays in, into the book but I just thought it would be more interesting to read uh, information that other people uh, shared too and stories that they shared I think you read in there maybe Lisa Morgus the one uh, writer with a child with down syndrome i thought she wrote a beautiful essay yeah there was a few of them that were really good ones mm -hmm. that i read in there i just i was just curious how you obtain those if people would send them to you if they'd got come through your blog or yeah i thought yeah. it was a good touch too because uh like you said it's um you know when you write a book especially a book that pertains to this kind of subject about raising your kids without a deity um it, to a lot of readers it can seem so one-sided and so mm -hmm. just, you know, it's, it's your views and it's the path that you've taken. So it was really interesting to see the different sides that other people had um, throughout your book uh, with their essays. So you kind of got like multiple viewpoints. And, you know, like you said, the, the one lady with the kid with Down syndrome. You, so you got to see things with uh, even kids that are not even, you know, that have uh, some kind of special needs uh, that you need to incorporate into the way that you raise them. Right. Yeah, and also on my blog, I encourage people. I have readers who are Christian and Baptist. I mean, Baptists are Christian, but uh, Muslim and uh, let's see who else. Uh, there's quite a few Catholics uh, that that read the blog, and I've encouraged them to share their views. So I let you know everybody have a chance to speak as long as they're respectful. I don't I don't care what they believe as long as they're respectful, and we can encourage a, a dialogue between uh, all different beliefs that isn't going to be you know trying to put down other or one specific viewpoint like for example you know atheists um so i do encourage lots of people to contribute in general i guess the last thing i really wanted to ask you is just um on the book itself since you've read this like you said you got most of the people in your family are christians i assume that you know, just based on where we live, friends and everything are as well. Like, what kind of a response have you got from them? I mean, I know they already knew you wrote the blog, but now that you have published this book and you get a little attention, you get out there and stuff, how are they looking at it now? Are they like, mm, okay, <laughs> you know, or yeah. are they very supportive of it or are they kind of like, mm, whatever? <laughs> I'm just curious because like Boggs, you know, we know he's been disowned by his family, poor Boggs. But... Yeah. Well, I... um really didn't talk much about um, what I was doing until the book came out. I mean, my mother already had known, and my father knew my views for a long time, but 
my brother didn't know too much until recently. So, uh, and my extended family, I think, um, they haven't said anything uh, good or bad. So my guess is that they're all probably talking about me behind my back. I don't know. <laughs> uh, Sounds like so, my family. Exactly. You know, it's, it's got to be hard. I, I had written a, a post one time about this. You know, as a non-believer, when you have a family and friends and neighbors who are all believers, it feels like you're drifting out to sea and you're just like waving to everybody on shore because these people are a community and they all believe the same thing and they all believe they're going on this great vacation together, but you're not. And so it's kind of a little bit of a strange feeling at times you like that a great vacation that's a, that's a very good analogy i were like you, that a lot were you denied a hawaii vacation when you were younger <laughs> over this your mom found out and she's like well you remember that hawaii trip we can't get on the plane and by we i mean you hey, you shut up over there well, Deborah, I appreciate you, and I'm glad you wrote it. I liked, I, I enjoyed it, and uh, like I said, it's a topic we've discussed before. Like I said, me and Boggs with our kids, you know, we kind of go through this. Like I've had that before. Why I, I tell my kids straight up, you know, what I believe in, but then I try and tell him not to be judgmental on others and make up his own mind. I'm kind of in the mindset, like you say in your book, if he comes to me about a question, I kind of ask him, well, what do you think? You know, why do you think that? And kind of put it back on him and so i think i've already converted him without really trying too hard i kind of feel a little bad about it but not really to be honest so (laughs) it's one of those things but um i like i oh i'm sorry go ahead oh i was just gonna say it wasn't hard to do was it when you talk to your kid and have them well does that make sense to you i mean it's not hard to talk him out of it no but you know how kids are i had to do the thing with him where he'll be like he goes i think people believe that are stupid because why would they believe something like that i'm like look dude just you got to be cool with everybody everybody's got their own beliefs it's like i try and explain to him because my mom she's a christian and stuff and so i always tell him i go you love grandma right And he's like yeah i go well grandma's a christian i go you think she's stupid no i'm like okay there you go I guess so. Everybody's got their own thing. <laughs> you know, just <laughs> look into it, figure it out for yourself. You know, which is kind of what you say, and I I like that. What, what if he said yes though? And then I'd disown him. I'd get rid of him. <laughs> like trade him in for Is your grandma kid. stupid? And he's like, yeah, yeah, she kind of is oh, actually. Well, I'd be yeah, like, like, just don't tell her that. <laughs> <laughs> just don't say that to her. She'll be okay. Just don't say it to her face. <laughs> exactly. Right, and we're Crits, good. Kids are brutally honest. Yes, they are. <laughs> now. Uh, this is personal for me. I just want to say, I saw that you did a book sign. This doesn't, nobody outside of us right now cares about what I'm about to say to you, but uh, I saw you did a book sign over in Dallas. I was really upset that I didn't notice until like after it happened because I was hoping I could come out and meet you. So if you do another one, I need to know about this so I can come out oh. and see you. Oh, well, thank you. I, um, I just started going to these meetups in the Dallas-Fort Worth area because uh, at that book signing, Somebody there had asked me to join the Fellowship of Free Thought and to, to give a talk down there. But, mm-hmm. um, but my publicist set up that um, that book signing, and um, it, it you know about there's about a dozen people there. But I don't think they advertised it very much. I don't think that they thought there would be much of a a demand around here for this book. Probably not. But not not in our area. <laughs> Probably not so much. I'm I'm surprised because um, after I wrote that CNN article, I tell you, I got at least a handful of people that tracked me down, and they ended up being within a couple blocks of me. They live within a couple blocks of me. Okay. And wow. they're like, yeah. I'm like, I couldn't believe it. They they said, you know, I'm I don't come. I'm not out about it. You no, know, I don't want my I don't want my uh, 
my neighbors to know. I don't want the, the people from my kid's school to know. Um, but yeah, they contacted me and I, I was really surprised. Yeah, that's what I said. Atheism, the new gay. <clears throat> okay, so yeah. on the note of it being kind of a hidden, have you have you received any threats? I, um, nobody's come straight out and said that, you know, they're going to kill me, but they have used very threatening language, so much so that, you know, I made sure that my, um, uh, house the, was paid up, my, uh, security, whatever, alarm system, alarm monitoring was paid up through the year. I'm like, I'm not taking any chances. I went to great lengths to make sure that my, my uh, address couldn't be found and, I, I did get some people that were just crazy going on and on and on about how I'm causing the downfall of our nation by raising kids. They're, they're going to be the cause for anarchy and, you know, how evil I am. And I'm probably bleeping my kids and all oh, these wow. kind of awful, awful <laughs> stuff. You would not believe how nice these Christians can be. <laughs> I was going to say, they're getting you confused with the Catholics. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, oh that, Well, that was so mean. <laughs> well, Deborah, I, like I said, I appreciate you coming on. And like I said, this is a topic that we've just kind of barely hit on the edges of before, just because me and Boggs have the kids and stuff. And like I said, we talk about it a lot, especially on the political side. But uh, I really appreciate you coming on and, I don't know if there's anything else you want to say or if you got anything coming up you want to promote. Yeah, do you have any uh, current projects that you're working on, maybe future books? I know you have your blog. Um, actually, yeah, I still have my blog, and I do a little bit of work on that, but I'm uh, moving into right now focusing in on uh, the environment, and I'm uh, completing a degree in GIS, which is Global Information Systems. So I want to um, maybe use my skills to um, you know, help with climate change getting information out there yeah, the, um but the, i'm so so i'm sorry go ahead no i was just gonna say there's no such thing as climate change <laughs> i yeah. know Golly, just, just talk so to the ranchers real. in texas did you hear about that but um i do appreciate you guys uh having me on your show you're really funny i didn't know if i had to curse like a sailor during this interview so <laughs> well, i'm really other than bogs we tried not to i'm the only one who really just lets loose with the cursing and I apologize. No, if, we all uh, we all do. But if we try I offend and, you. We're trying to be respectful yep. because we have a nice lady on the Indeed. show, and then here comes Boggs with his f words left and right. <laughs> Don't worry. As soon as we get rid of you, we're going to be cussing like <laughs> like sailors. But. Uh, oh, okay. No, but I I thought you guys are really funny. I love that piece you did on Pale, and I was just rolling on the floor. So I she's the I best. That was really. <laughs> yeah, she's the best. Can you no, can you, you do guys... me a favor since you've already said you've listened to a couple of shows? Please yeah. don't don't go listen to the songs that we do for like Easter or Christmas or any of those shows. Just those God, are the, those, those are, are the best, best shows. shows. What are you those talking are... about? <laughs> Please, oh, just I gotta don't. go listen now. What did we <laughs> Damn it. hear about? Telling kids not to to be religious. I'm going to listen to those shows now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we do what we can. <laughs> well, thank you very much for being on the show. I'd appreciate it. Um, uh, and yeah, whenever you get done with your uh, degree and you're starting to, are you, are you planning on writing anything uh, about climate change or uh, doing a blog or what? Uh, I'm not really sure yet. I'm sure I'll still be writing. I, I love to write and um, I'm still going to keep the Kids Without Religion blog going for a while just because there are so many people that read and comment on there and you know I feel like it's a community place where people can come and talk and um, discuss ideas so I will keep that um, going you know probably not as much but I'll still keep it going too so fantastic but I appreciate 
Yeah, we would, love, we would love to have you on. Uh, definitely about climate change uh, down the road. Pretty sure. Yeah. Anything. You, right. Anything you do. So any remember everybody, if you guys want to check out the blog, it's at raisingkidswithoutreligion.net. And the book is on Amazon and Barnes and Noble. Is it anywhere else? Just anywhere. I guess they can just Google it, right? Uh, growing right. Up, growing up godless, a parent's guide to raising kids without religion. I highly recommend. Right. Thank you, guys. Thanks so much. I really appreciate it. Thank right, you very much. Again, Deborah. All right. Bye. Bye-bye. Fabtabulous. And we're back with some sultry sounds of the 70s. <laughs> so I hope everybody enjoyed that fantastic interview that Boggs only showed up for the last 10 minutes and then started dropping bombs left and right. <laughs> like, it, oh, like yeah. That reminded me, who, who was the guy that always did the countdown to the, you know what I'm saying, like the... America's Top 50 or whatever. Casey Kasem. Yeah. Didn't he go missing or some shit? Yeah. Like his stepwife or whatever. Like yeah. she's hiding him from his fucking kids. Oh, okay. He's got like dementia or something. And so like his kids haven't seen him in like a year because this old bitch won't let him. So they're like fighting in court so they could get visitation to their yeah. father. There's and there, she's He's missing now. They're saying that she might have moved him to like Mexico. What or, the hell? You know who Casey Kasem is, right? <laughs> No. Yeah. Oh, my God. He's a young guy. He's got a very, very iconic voice. Like, his voice is very, very distinct. Uh, but I would highly recommend if you can find any outtakes from his show where he's ripping into people. Oh, I'm sure you it can. It is so funny. God damn, dude. Because he's got that voice. Pull so. that up on YouTube real fast while oh, I explain the fucking dude. bogs. Okay, have you ever seen Scooby-Doo, dude? Which one? The old, old school one. The 70s one? Yeah. Okay. He, he used to do the voice of Shaggy. But now, that wasn't his voice. I mean, of course, he did cartoon. But you could kind of get a little sense for what it was there. But um, now, I want to get back to Casey Kasem here in a second. Why we have Eric trying to find the audio real quick. But I don't know. I have to bring this up because this is something that came out in the news the last couple of days. And it made me a little bit insane. Of course, during the Clinton scandal and stuff, we had the whole fucking Monica Lewinsky thing. And, you know, she did that Peace and Vanity Fair. Did you hear about uh, the Republicans, like on Fox News and stuff, they're trying to say that... This was like a, a bit by the Clintons that like they had her come out and do this to try and get oh all my this God. to get this story out of the way now before she ran. It's like, yeah, this happened 16 fucking years ago. It's like, why would they be trying to drudge it back up now? <laughs> it's already been run through. Did you find it, sir? I, I found one. I hopefully doesn't ask me for my age thing, but it's oh, up to our long distance. All right. So he's got a very iconic voice uh, just to set this one up. He loses it on his producer because he's apparently got to talk about some kind of thing, uh, like a dog dying or something. Yeah, from but he comes out of like it comes out of an up tempo song and he just goes bonkers. We're up to our long distance dedication, and this one is about kids and pets and a situation that we can all understand, whether we have kids or pets or neither. It's from a man in Cincinnati, Ohio, and here's what he writes. Dear Casey, this may seem to be a strange dedication request, but I'm quite sincere, and it'll mean a lot if you play it. Recently, there was a death in our family. He was a little dog named Snuggles, but he was most certainly a part of... Let's go start again. From coming out of the record. Play the record, okay? Please. See, when you come out of those up-tempo goddamn numbers, man, it's impossible to make those transitions. And then you got to go into somebody dying. You know, they do this to me all the time. I don't know what the hell they do it for, but goddamn it, if we can't come out of a slow record, I don't understand it. Is Don on the phone? 
Okay, I want a goddamn concerted effort to come out of a record that isn't a fucking up-tempo record every time I do a goddamn death dedication. Now, make it, and I also want to know what happened to the pictures I was supposed to see this week. This is a god, last goddamn time. I want somebody who uses fucking brain to not come out of a goddamn record that is, uh, that, that's up-tempo, and I got to talk about a fucking dog dying. <laughs> Oh, poor Casey Kasem. <laughs> I mean, he's kind of got a point. Why the hell do you want to talk about a dog dying after an up-tempo record? He's got a point. He does have a good like, point. Like, can you imagine? All like, I can think of is, God damn, Shaggy, why didn't they send you your porn pics, could buddy? You, could you kind of Could you hear it a little bit in the yes. voice? Yeah. <laughs> oh, poor. That's all. It's all uh, say a prayer. Let's get on our knees like Boggs always does and say a prayer for Casey Kasem. I mean, and can you imagine, like, coming out of, context. Uh, like, she's always singing on Yellow for the Deer Hunter, and then having to talk about, like, a dog dying? Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> like, it's such a happy, and up-tempo song, and you're like, oh, yeah, by the way, a dog died. Fucking dog And I became addicted to the song. I don't know why they always fucking do this to me. I gotta come out of an up-tempo record and talk about somebody dying. Oh my God! From it's like on, the JFK assassination with. Uh, oh, from now on, we're gonna start doing it in a more memoriam segment at the fucking end of the show. We're gonna have fucking Boggs do the most upbeat song you can, and we're gonna go right into fucking in memoriam on the show. All right, everybody. Well, I hope you uh, enjoyed that interview. Definitely check out our friends at uh, the Digital Frustrations Neon Glow Boys. Blue Boys. <laughs> Fuck you, Brad. Um, <gasps> whoa! Check us out on. Love you, Andrew. Twitter's Facebook, Podbean, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Go listen to other shit, too. Listen to old shows. Pricks. Jeez. I love you. Can I just make one last point? 